This is episode number 25 with Christine Perkis. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nagy, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm really excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial membership. By signing up for free, you are going to receive your first free audiobook and two free Audible originals. Go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook and sign up for a 30-day free trial membership today. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook that's A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-K. Again, that's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook. Get the free trial, the free audiobook, and two free Audible originals today. And now let's dive into the episode. My guest today is Kristen Perkis, And in today's episode, we talk about Kristen's incredible story of how she survived not one, but two Category 5 hurricanes and how it changed her life. We talk about leadership, the seven barometers of resilience, and her upcoming book, The Resilient Leader. We also talk about leadership and business strategies and why attitude, mindset, self-awareness, vision, and values are the most important characteristics of a resilient founder or leader. And now a couple of words about today's guest. Kristen is a business growth architect who guides small business owners to get from zero to eight figures in record time, drawing from her experiences as an attorney, strategic advisor, serial entrepreneur, and C-suite executive in 10 businesses, a professional licensed boat captain, while also helping hundreds of clients on five continents to do the same. Most recently, having survived two Category 5 hurricanes in two weeks, trapped alone in a wind coffin for almost 24 hours and surviving in the aftermath for months without electricity, running water and telecoms, Christine has begun sharing the resilience and leadership strategies that helped her weather any storm in life and business. Her upcoming book, The Resilient Leader, being released in 2020, introduces these leadership strategies, the seven barometers of resilience that can help anyone weather the category five situations in their lives and businesses and to come through to thrive. Prior to that, she released her best-selling book, The Entrepreneur's Essential Roadmap, a small business survival guide, an accumulation of two decades of small business experience, getting from startup to scale up. So without further ado, let's bring on today's guest. Hi, Christine, and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you, Tibor? Yeah, Christine, I'm excited to talk about really great topics. Uh, And as I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode, uh, you are a business growth architect, business growth strategist, uh, who guides small business owners to get from zero to eight figures in record time, a serial entrepreneur and the best-selling author of the book, The Entrepreneur's Essential Roadmap. And uh, before diving into those um, 
really exciting topics. Would you talk to us a little bit more about yourself and maybe more importantly, focusing on your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, and then some. 20, 20 years plus, I'll say. But um, no, I, as an entrepreneur, yeah, it's just been a little bit over 20 years since my first venture. And, um, you know, I went to law school. I wanted to arm myself, graduate school. I got all the degrees, you know, I can line my shelves with. And um, I learned wow. from early on, uh, I don't know, I think a couple years into my practice, I was... Uh, trapped with golden handcuffs. I was making a fortune for a person my age at the time and working day and night. And um, my, you know, I stopped getting social invitations. Things started to look a little different in my life. And um, I had a serious car accident that forced me not to be able to work for a couple of months and then only part-time for a couple more. And uh, it's in those... Uh, days and weeks where I had to take stock again and really understand, was this going to be the rest of my life? And, you know, it's one of those things. I went to law school so I could have uh, the most, you know, tools in my tool chest. And there I was on a partnership track, you know, working day and night. And um, I realized that was all it was ever going to be if I didn't make changes. So those are the kinds of experiences. I tend to be the kind of person who has to get drop kicked into making the change I'm destined for. And, um, you know, a couple of junctures like that to fast forward to the more recent story that I shared with you offline that we can talk about as we go. Um, but that's the kind of thing that really turned me into the entrepreneur that I am today is just realizing that I'm going to have to figure out a different way to do my professional life. And then really, you know, practicing law was never going to be enough of a challenge for me because my interests are so varied. So being an entrepreneur, like many people in your audience will appreciate, you have to be all things, right? You've got to be CEO, you know, COO, general counsel, CFO, chief toilet roll paper changer, you know? That's what I used to call myself in my last startup uh, because there's nothing you don't do, right? So yeah. you have to be competent, even if you're not the best at all of those jobs in the beginning. Yeah, that's that's really, really true. And you mentioned interest. I think it's a, it's a really important word. I mean, today I had a conversation with someone about curiosity and how curiosity actually led me to where I am today. I mean, to transitioning from architecture to to personal development and all these things. And um, so what was your interest at that time and what kind of businesses did you do during this 20 years? What kind of different uh, businesses have I been in? Is that what you're asking? Yes, yes. Oh, God, that's quite varied, frankly. I've had 10 businesses on my own and with partners and ranging from uh, my first enterprise was an astrological fragrance company. I've been involved in professional motorsports, in the movie and entertainment industry, real estate, health and wellness. Um, wow. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, the thing about it that I've learned and, and why I feel like, and some of these have been with partners who've been experts in those fields. So um, they've brought me in as the 
you know, the architect, right? The person who takes their ideas and turns them into solid structure, you know, the floors, the ceiling, the walls, and um, gets them to where they want to go, which is what we hope for is a, a seven or eight figure business and beyond. And so, um, you know, from the starting point, if that's the case. And so it was, it was that, it, to me, um, the, the common business challenges are agnostic as to industry. So when I'm partnering with someone, whether they're clients or future entrepreneurial partners in an enterprise, I'm looking for certain qualities, right? And all of us should be, whether it's you know the people who invest in our businesses, the people we hire, the people we partner with, the people we serve, you know, is that we look for people who have our common have common values with us, who share our vision, who are you know committed and success minded, right? You're a big um, proponent of mindset, and yeah. we go unconsciously so often into enterprise, you know, into partnerships, not realizing that it's like a marriage. You know, and it's going to be much harder and more painful at times to get out of um, business, you know, partnerships. And so, you know, bringing that level of, of awareness, that um, dialed in sense of self and your own success oriented approach to who you relate with, whether in whatever capacity, is really important to having a successful uh, enterprise, you know, experience outcome. Yeah, that's really important. And uh, the mindset of this. Wow, that's beautiful said. And actually, I wanted to ask you about this, um, these kind of things or experiences that you have along this way. Like, what are those things that you that you could tell to starting out entrepreneurs? What are those things that they should, uh, you know, focus on during during an entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've start we've touched on the first thing, you know, which is really understanding yourself. Self-awareness is an undersold, you know, uh, leadership strategy. And I write about it in my upcoming book, The Resilient Leader, because, you know, I myself have had to learn some of these things the hard way, and I'm trying to help others not do it the hard way, right? So if I'm blazing the trail, um, others can come after me in a much more graceful process. So what does it take to become more self-aware for your business, you know, and, this isn't about, you know, personal psychology, but understanding your core values and core ideology, what drives you and, um, you know, what is the visionary framework that you want to build around your business? To me, those are the cornerstones and it's the starting point of all my work with clients when I get deeply involved with them. And, um, you know, just starting out, we have an expression, I'm, I'm a yacht racer and a boat captain, and we have an expression for people on a boat, one hand on the boat. And I've developed my, my seven barometers of resilience. And this is a critical resilience of harnessing the power of, um, you know, whatever your experience is, the storms in my case. And so it's self-awareness, but also situational awareness. So you keeping one hand on the boat keeps yourself, you know, rooted to who you are, but also keeps you aware of what's going on around you. And so, you know, you're not going to get rocked by a rogue wave or thrown overboard by a, a quick change. And, you know, this is a great metaphor for entrepreneurs because how many, you know, what, 90% of all businesses fail? 
um, and entrepreneurial ventures. And that statistic, you know, doesn't get much smaller five years into it. And so um, we have to be settling in for a very arduous journey. And the thing that's going to keep us moving is knowing who we are, knowing why we're there, and making sure that we recruit people around us who share that vision and want to be on board. Wow, it's it's beautiful said. And of course, you mentioned mindset. And yes, I truly believe in these things because basically I'm a coach as well. And, you know, I talk a lot about vision and getting clear on your values. And uh, I believe that in entrepreneurship, we have this two kind of approach. I mean, I separated in my mind. Uh, one is the leadership and the resilience and the mindset. And the second one is the strategies, which is leadership is much more on the level of identity and values and beliefs, the things that you have mentioned. And the strategies are mainly on the how level, marketing strategies, business strategies, whatever it may be. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, your, in your new book. What are those elements, um, barometers, as you, as you said, seven elements of resilience? Well, I think it's important. Thank you for asking and thank you for, for sharing your enthusiasm for it. And um, I look forward to sharing a, um, hopefully a, a pre-order link when the book, the book is finished. It's ready. My publisher is um, going to be sending me a pre-order link shortly that wow. I can share with your audience um, if they're interested. But, um, you know, just to give the, you know, your listeners a sense of how this book came into being. Um, I was, yeah. had sold my last business and had fulfilled some dreams, you know, becoming a boat captain. I was delivering boats offshore in the Eastern seaboard of the United States. And, um, I was, I, I fell in love with the Island of Tortola and had a home there and residency and was down there very happily and living in paradise for a couple of years before, um, the largest storm to ever hit the Atlantic Basin came straight overhead and tore the roof off my house, uh, left me buried alive for almost 24 hours. And I had no plan. Wow. I had no, uh, I was alone. And it took me months to realize later that nobody I knew or anyone on the island I'd had heard of had weathered that storm alone. And then I had to survive in the aftermath without electricity, running water, telecoms, even cooking gas. And so these are very important and formative experiences. It's the same kind of experience like my car accident where I had to dig very deep. In, in, in that instance, literal survival was at stake every day. So it's, and, and, you know, I know that a lot of wow. people won't relate to being in a hurricane, but we've all had category five level experiences, I call them, you know, which, uh, a business failure, a, a, a divorce, a death in the family, or a partner walking out, or, or a partnership conflict, you know, a financial distress. There's so many things that happen, you know, laying awake at night, trying to figure out how to pay the rent. Um, for me, with my last company, we employed 160 people. And in the early years, I was worrying constantly about payroll. You know, we had a million dollar payroll. And so that's the kind of thing to me that's category five proportion, oh you know, and uh, what are yeah. the cornerstones? So, so in the moments that I was 
realizing that I was trapped, that I had no idea how I was going to get out of my situation, I committed immediately to learning as much as I could from the experience. And I think that's how the book was born, is I began in those moments to take charge in that panic when you're facing a Category 5 situation, what is there to do? You know, sometimes you just don't know, or you start to be in panic. And um, they talk about this. I've I've been um, interviewed by journalists who talk about covering war zones and how people are found in these regions that have just been bombed, sitting in the rubble, staring out, waiting for someone to come. And I could relate to that because that was happening in my on my island, you know. And so you have the choice at that point, while your brain is still working, to activate the prefrontal cortex, which is the problem-solving portion of the brain, to do something, take action. And if there's nothing to do, like in my situation, I'm sitting in the dark, I have no idea, the storm is raging, I don't know who's out there, if anyone's ever going to come by my my house, I don't get foot traffic. And um, I, I could pick up a pen and a piece of paper and start writing. That was something that I could do that kept my brain active. And we've all got those moments of panic that occur when, when you know, the, the category five hits the fan and we can take that kind of action when there's nothing else to do. And so, you know, that's one step. And so that's how I, I started to become a leader in my community. I took certain steps that helped me turn the situation that was horrendous as it could be and do what I consider to thrive, have a thriving experience out of it. So by the time I left, I had made a difference, hopefully, in my community um, because I committed to doing so. So, you know, that's how these seven barometers of resilience were born and the book where it comes from. And, um, you know, this is the, the story, stories being told, you know, that and the other uh, Category 5 experiences in my life and the metaphors that I believe are relatable in terms of like the one hand on the boat. And, you know, again, the cornerstone to me of that is the self-awareness piece as um, a leader. And we're all leaders, you know, so whether we're a designated leader or we have a title and, you know, people that report to us and, you know, see us a certain way, we're also uh, peer leaders and self-leaders and we can be active followers. All of these are leadership strategies for um you know, outdoor wilderness survival expedition type situations, which is oftentimes what a startup is. So, um, you know, it's helping us identify what is our leadership style. That's one of the barometers, you know, being able to create a category five leadership style for a storm. So what's happening around you, whatever your category five situation is, and what do you have to do to, you know, maybe it's to be an, an active follower, you know, on a boat, you may be um, not the skipper on the boat or in charge, but you're going to be the best order taker, you know, you're going to support that team every way you can by being an active follower leader, or you're going to be, in my case, you know, start getting into motion by using all of the resources I had left once I was rescued to be able to help my community so that I would no longer be alone. 
Because like a lot of people, I didn't even know my neighbors, right? I'm on a small island and my friends are down the wow. road and I can't get to them and I can't communicate with them. And I can't communicate with my thousands of social media followers either. So nobody could help me except the people that I didn't know right next door or who'd survived the storm on my hillside. And that's, you know, we have to get into motion. So deciding how you're going to help your community, just being a self-leader, taking initiative when you don't know what else to do, offering to help, be a volunteer. You know, if I, if I knew then what I know now, right, I would make sure that I had somebody who was going to come for me in the storm or had a communication plan you know, which is another um, barometer, which is, you know, we, we call it in boating, keeping the emergency channel open. It's channel 16. When you go off the dock yeah. with a boat, you are required by, you know, maritime laws to keep your uh, radio on to channel 16. That works um, a certain number of miles out to the, for the Coast Guard to monitor situations and for them to communicate with us. And, you know, I had no communication plan. I had no idea. I didn't say to anybody who had a stake in my survival, here's what we're going to do when this is over. All I could say was, I have no idea when you'll hear from me again, or if you will. And that's mm -hmm. a terrible thing to do to people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, and I just wanted to ask you, first of all, I want to acknowledge you for sharing this story. And um, you mentioned a couple of things and I was wondering, so what was your biggest takeaway from this experience? Because, uh, for example, you mentioned uh, community, being of service, self-awareness. So in your life, like what was your biggest takeaway from surviving this hurricane, so to speak? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's all of those things, but overriding all of it. And this is my, my biggest advice to everyone listening. And also, you know, my commitment in life and business, how I serve my clients is mm -hmm. never go it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we may have an idea. We're entrepreneurs. We're creative. We're visionary. We've got a lot of capabilities. We're maybe success-minded and driven. But we don't need to go it alone. You know, would you set off, you know, in scuba diving, right? They always tell you a buddy system. You know, you go to, you know, it's death defying down there underwater. And, um, you know, going on an expedition, being in a place where um, you could die, and that could just be the death of your business, but having to go it alone and you can't see your own eyebrows. So having somebody who blazes that trail for you, who can give you the outside perspective, who holds you accountable for yourself and sees things from the 30,000 foot view that you just can't see because you're in it, you know, that's the business response of don't do this alone. And that's why I do what I do because, um, you know, before I had this deep sense of awareness around this from the storm experience, my last job, you know, I was working as the COO and general counsel and uh, de facto CFO until we could afford to hire one. Um, you know, I had all these responsibilities and I was running the team and I never felt like I had somebody who understood my path that I, you know, somebody that had started and grown a business to seven and eight figures and really understood what was at stake and how to run a team and all, you know, be a better leader. So, um, you know, if I didn't have anybody, I needed to become the person that I didn't have for myself. 
and that's what drives me. But that's my best advice is don't go it alone. And I, I talk about that in the context of being a storm warrior in my book, because it's the first step, you know, we all understand kind of what a warrior is, right? We're fighting for a cause, we're maybe defending the tribe or our, our way of life. But, you know, usually you have a foe that is, you know, doing the same thing, you know, you're on equal footing to some degree, it's tribal. And, but sometimes in a category five situation, you know, it's beyond your ability to control and a, and a storm of whatever nature life and business doesn't have is agnostic to its victims. And so we need to first acknowledge that vulnerability. And that's what it means to become a storm warrior is to first acknowledge the vulnerability of I'm going to be powerless against this force. So what do I need to do? You know, talk to my community, find out who's blazed this trail before me, somebody that I can get support from who has that perspective to share. That's really, really powerful. So being vulnerable, don't go it alone. Do you mean uh, having a mentor or partner or team or any of those options? Yeah, all of them, right? I mean, it depends on what the situation calls for, right? But, you know, somebody like you who helps your clients really establish a mindset for success, the first piece of most important piece to being able to be successful, right? 85% of all success Mm -hmm. is attributable to attitude. So that's something we can actually control. We can't control the category five storms that are coming, you know, whether it's weather or some other thing, you know. And we can control our attitudes. And so, yeah, it's that having somebody who's going to hold you to your best self, first and foremost, that's one thing we can do is get a mentor or a coach or somebody who can help us become our best selves and stay there even when it gets tough. And, you know, and then we recruit around that. So what the, when as the team grows and it builds out and what other areas of support do you need? You know, one of the things that happens in entrepreneurship is there's a huge gap between, you know, starting a business and getting engaged with a a good accountant and financial advisor. You know, that's another piece. Uh, Not all coaches have that skill. I happen to be really good with numbers myself. So that's why I've done that job, you know, as a CFO, de facto, I wouldn't call myself a CFO, but, you know, being equipped to make a good plan for your business that includes, you know, tax responsibilities and financial planning and, you know, employee benefits. If you're going to hire people and build a team, there's so many issues that if you start out with that mentality, then they're going to be part of your your team as well and should be. Wow. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing. I wanted to get back to your to your book and uh, we talked about a couple of elements of that seven barometers so would you tell us more about those seven barometers sure i mean you know one of the things that i talk about is creating a float plan and you know it's the level of competence that we have to develop as leaders in order to be have good followers Right. And so, you know, as a yacht racer on on large team uh, one design racing, I've been involved in um, international pro circuit racing with some of the best sailors in the world, America's Cup sailors and top professionals. And, um, you know, when you get somebody at the helm of your business, your boat, your community, your, your life, and they're screaming and they're not aware of what the rest of the crew is doing, they're displaying a level of incompetence. 
right? And the team can't have faith and confidence in their leader if they aren't exhibiting a certain amount of confidence. So what could that look like? You know, how do you develop that? How do you example that? You know, by really understanding what the rest of your team's jobs are, you know, get into it. What do they call that show? There's a show on TV called Undercover Boss, you know, where the boss gets into the um, company and, and takes on other jobs, really understanding. And so I look at it as on a boat, you know, a 40 foot boat, which is my typical um, yacht that I race on is, you know, there's 40 feet there. And if you don't know what's going on in the forward 30 feet, you're only aware of the 10 feet that you can see in front of you, you're missing out on a lot. But if you're involving yourself in what's happening at the forward five feet of the boat, and you don't know what that job is, you're going to end up being out of control. You're going to yell at people. You're going to um, get afraid that you just don't see what's happening. Are they on the same page as you? And, you know, I've sailed with very competent people. Yeah. So there's no reason for that. You know, so it's really being able to give people a sense of confidence. And you do that by being the best and most competent in your role and being aware of the role of others. Wow. So giving confidence. And um, yeah, I just wanted to actually track these barometers. Like you mentioned, I think three, four. I'm happy to talk about a couple more. Um, you know, uh, we talked about communication. I've touched on, you know, I want to say more about that too, because um, communication, I view it as an, the number one metric of leadership. Right. And we don't even we're so unaware of it. Right. We, we, we just go and go about our business talking the way we talk and we hope that everybody just understands us. And if we do it so unconsciously, we're literally missing out on 75 percent of the population. Nobody's listening to you. They can't hear you. They don't respond to you. You don't hear them. So you're missing out whether you're trying to sell a client or uh, engage a, an investor or hire somebody. You, we all have to become aware of communication styles, have a communication plan. And I call it a communication manifesto, right? So when people come on board with you, they understand, you know, these are, this is my communication style. This is how I will speak to you and what, and, and, and to understand what works for them. So there are certain diagnostic tools that are out there that can be used. I, I like DISC because it's very, very simple and it doesn't purport to do more than it does, which is identify communication styles. So if you put everyone on your team through a DISC analysis and there's, um, you know, I administer them, but there's also free ones online. You can just get a very simple, I have a, a simple handout, which I can share with you. You can give away to the listeners that is a kind of a cheat sheet, you know, to say, is this a people oriented person or a task oriented person? Is this an extrovert or an introvert? So you can look at somebody and literally the moment you, they open their mouths or as soon as they pick up the phone, you're going to know almost immediately, is this an extroverted people oriented person or is it somebody who's more introverted and task driven? And then you'll know how to respond to them. Because if I'm trying to convince them to engage my services and all I do is talk about outcomes and I'm excited and we're relating interpersonally, but they really want to understand the facts and the figures and the ROI and they want to see the spreadsheets and they're not very quick to trust people. So it's going to take them a little time. And if I'm pushing them to make a decision, but they're the kind of people that take more time to make those decisions, then we're going to be off and there's no need to be. Right. All I have to do is understand what it is they're 
what drives them and respond to that, give them what they want. So that applies whether you're trying to sell somebody something or you're trying to hire them or they work for you already and you're trying to get the best from them. And so, um, you know, it goes very, it can be very deep, but should be very important because again, it's a number one metric of whether or not you can be a good leader. Wow. Communication and what drives them. It's, it's really, really interesting. And, uh, you know, I was wondering because we talk about teams or you talk about teams and, uh, in entrepreneurship, there are different phases and there's actually a show I, I usually listen to. It's called From Founder to CEO. Oh. Yeah. And at the beginning uh, phase, so to speak, of entrepreneurship, you are mainly a founder, right? Right. And so I was wondering, like, what do you believe? What are the most important things to focus on as a founder? Like, are those these leadership skills or more like business strategies, marketing strategies, uh, what advice would you give to founders, for example? Yeah, I mean, see, those things are important, right? The the strategic and tactical um, ex efforts of the business to move it forward. But the things we're talking about here, leadership strategies, resilience strategies, mm -hmm. these are the things that you can take charge of on your own and foremost, first and foremost, right? To lay the solid foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, I've worked with clients and partners who started businesses with a business plan and those who haven't had a business plan. And that hasn't been the, de the defining factor. What's been most defining is their attitude for success, their ability to get people to work with them and, and give them their best, their ability to be a great leader, their great communication skills. So as a founder, yes, we've got to raise money or we've got to figure out how we're going to fund our business. We have to understand our ideal clients. We have to be able to market to them. We have to have good strategies and, and think strategically rather than tactically, which a lot of people ignore, right? They throw a bunch of tactics at the wall and hope something sticks. But that's not, you know, that's not a strategic way towards, you know, the most efficient path to success. But all these other things that we're talking about previous can be the foundational piece that ensures your success so that when you develop your marketing strategy, your team will follow when you have to pivot. Everybody will pivot along with you because you understand your visionary framework and the big picture, right? If there are certain things in business, because we control so little, right, is that, you know, I call it uh, preserving the core and stimulating progress because change is the only thing we can count on. And whatever it is we're starting today, we can be sure that if we're trying to stay in business for the next, if we're building something that has legs, has a legacy that's going to last 10, 15, 20, 25 years, that it's going to look very different than, from what it looks like today. So understanding who we are and having this core ideology clearly defined, the unshakable, unmovable things, established, articulated, and shared, those are the things we can do to ensure that we can weather any storm and take our business from zero to eight figures. I cannot agree more. So you mentioned, for example, legacy and vision and 25 years. So having this strong uh, vision aligned with values, uh, this is what you're talking about. Like this is some kind of an internal motivator for someone that uh, then I can handle any struggles because I am, you know, just driven to, to follow through on this. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's inevitable, right? I, the most successful entrepreneurs I know, I mean, the ones who've really hit those eight figures, 
And, um, you know, they all have their, uh, we'll call them the rough patches, right? And everybody responds to them differently. I've had clients and partners who will get in a spin and they'll just start, you know, throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and, and hoping something works. And others, you know, I've been the kind of person that I'll get immobilized when I hit the wall, you know, just frozen in place. I mean, less so, but that used to be a, a bad habit, a bad pattern of mine when it, things were out of control. And so we all have those behaviors and it's that self-awareness piece that, that allows us to move past what that is. And so often it happens faster if you've got that support structure in place. Right. If you've got that mentor, that accountability partner, that coach or somebody on your team that's trusted that can see it. Oh, you're heading into a spin or, oh, you've just gotten immobilized. Let's let's deal with that and pick you back up and get you back on the on the track, moving the you know, a straight line. So, um, you know, zigs and zags yeah. are inevitable in life and business. Change is always going to happen. And we don't control or we control very little. Right. And the category fives will hit the fan. <laughs> so what are the things we have in place that make those as least painful as possible? Yeah. Self-awareness is, is really, really key. And um, yeah, coaching is perfect for that because, uh, you know, someone can reflect on their behaviors and, and such and uh yeah, it's um, one of the key. Actually, I have a formula. It's called the AIM formula. It's awareness, uh, intention, and mindset. And and I, I really believe that awareness is, is the first step when you want to have a change, a transformation, something that is helpful in your life. I wanted to talk about um, strategies. And you have this free ebook for the listeners. It's called 45-Minute Business Breakthroughs. And uh, there are eight chapters in that ebook, and it's it's a really great ebook. So, what can people learn from that ebook if they download this? Well, one of the things we've talked about and is um, how people, business owners, entrepreneurs, especially in this age of social media, right? They're all anxious to uh, take out a bunch of Facebook ads, do a bunch of posts, and you know. Um, advertise in some way, right? Those are all tactical steps that they can take. And I've said this before, you know, what's most common with entrepreneurs and small business owners is that they think tactically rather than strategically. So they'll spend that kind of money and they'll do it in a way that is not strategic. And so they'll, it'll be money down the drain, right? Or time down the drain, even worse, right? Because we can always make more money but we can never get back our time. So how do we use that time? That's such a precious commodity. And, um, you know, so this book is about yeah. understanding how to think strategically and what are the strategic steps we can take for our business so that when we implement a tactic like a Facebook ad or, um, you know, blog posting or whatever it is we're doing, we're doing it from with a strategy in mm -hmm. mind so that we can measure it, we can make sure it's a good strategy, and we can test it and try different things as we need to. And so the idea of it is to, to educate people to what is it to think strategically and how do we do that for our businesses. 
That's amazing. So there are actually eight chapters and uh, the chapters are about generating more leads, conversion, transaction, prices. And uh, yeah, for example, I was wondering about marketing and advertising and you talk about this, uh, you're talking about social media. A lot of people use content marketing, which is a organic way of marketing. Like, is it something that, that you suggest people to do instead of paying for advertisements or... Well, so here's the thing, you know, I, I mean, it depends on the business first and foremost, right? What is the business? What's their objective? Who are their clients? How do they reach out? It's easy to talk about it in terms of personal service businesses like ours, right? So, you know, we might think that putting out some Facebook ads and, and having the long haul strategy of trying to develop relationships with people from a distance in a mass way, right? Because we see these ads uh, every time we go to our newsfeed that say, you know, how to make a million dollars a day using my system, right? And the people went from, you know, poverty to private planes and um, all of this stuff that feeds on our, you know, sense of, you know, need for cash, looking for wealth, that, that sense of, you know, um, quick solution. They're preying on something and they do it quite effectively. But it for us, getting started or, you know, trying to do something that is in a solid way, uh, that's going to be a longer term strategy. Content marketing is a longer term strategy. What are your business needs? You know, do you need to have income immediately? What's your revenue goals? Or have you gotten so well capitalized from your investors that you've got a long runway? So you can, you can take the time to do this kind of slow, longer term strategic uh, planning, as opposed to, say, picking up the phone going and meeting people, you know, engaging with people directly, solving problems for them that they need solved so they have no choice but to work with you. Do you understanding the buyer's journey is something that is very challenging for people because, you know, most people are not uh, instant buyers, right? Unless you're selling gum or plumbing services, right? And then it's an emergency or an impulse purchase. In an emergency, we'll call whoever's available at the middle of the night when you've got a clogged toilet or a stuck sink. And, um, you know, if it's an impulse purchase, you just, it's in front of your eyeballs. It's something that's cheap and, you know, you'll just take it. But that's not where most of us reside in our businesses. I'm sure with your audience, that's true. And so, understanding that we have a responsibility to take these people on their journey. First, help them understand why they should work with you and then help them understand why overcoming their objections of why not to work with you until you, you know, and you do that through information. That's the content marketing side. That's the nurturing side until you can make an offer that they won't refuse. But again, that's a long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. So where do you start? putting a bunch of ads out there versus picking up a phone or walking into a business and saying, here's how I can help you and being so crystal clear and then being willing to start helping so that when they're ready, they yeah. will engage you. That's amazing and uh, really helpful. Uh, thank you for sharing. And I just wanted to make sure that we talk a little bit about your previous book, just a couple of words the Entrepreneur's Essential Roadmap, which was a bestseller, your first book. Like, what's the aim of the book and who is it for? 
the entrepreneur's essential roadmap is taking your business from zero to seven figures. I was less confident when I started with my title last, uh, you know, three years ago, but yeah, no, that, right. (laughs) Well, I had to look back and I thought, well, this is true, you know, but, um, that book was already out. So I wasn't going to change the title, but, um, you know, it's, it it was meant to be, I call it a small business survival guide, you know, and keeping along with the themes of of the category five these days. um, It's meant to be a handbook, you know, a workbook that takes an entrepreneur, whether they're a startup or a small business, the under seven figure business, which is a majority, right? Majority of us out there are making less than seven figures. And I'm talking gross. I'm not even talking what you take home. And so it's addressing some of the really critical and fundamental aspects of business startup and growth that we can have at our fingertips as a constant reminder, as a worksheet. There's workbooks in there, there's um, forms, and it really addresses the fundamentals because you know, when there's all this enthusiasm with an idea and I've got, you know, I'm excited and, you know, especially, um, you know, this lean startup mentality of, you know, just try it out. If it doesn't work, we'll just throw it away and go start something new, you know, but if you're using other people's money, then you're not going to be able to do that forever or even for very many times. And so, um, you know, what do we need to nurture ourselves into becoming the best entrepreneurs we can be? And so having this kind of a tool at your fingertips to remind you about things, how do we scale a business? What are, um, how do we create profitability? What about cash flow? You know, God forbid we have families or want to have a quality of life. You know, how do we manage our time? There's just so many considerations, you know, and then fundamentally starting, you know, to identify your ideal client and how do we reach them? How do we uh, design our uh, value proposition in a way that communicates the problem that we solve? Most people love to talk about all of their qualifications. You know, I have a great resume. I look good on paper. I can tell you all about my degrees and my background, all the things I've done. But frankly, who cares, right? I mean, even the storm story is a good one, but who cares for their individual cares about their own life, their own business, their own results. And our job is to speak to them and talk about the number one problem in their heads at this moment and how I'm the one who can solve that for them. That's our job. And that has nothing yeah. to do with my capabilities. Yeah. You wouldn't care less if I had all this, these degrees or had these experiences unless you believed that those are the things that are going to get you, me to help you pro- solve your problem. And that's my job. Yeah, and that that's actually reminded me that uh, who do you work with? Like, do you work with individuals mainly, or who 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 is your ideal customer, so to speak? Well, it's more about quality of people. You know, I am working with and for success-minded people who are fully committed to realizing their vision so they can get to me as an individual because that's who they are. And they generally have proven success in their lives and businesses before coming to me. They may not yet have the infrastructure or the enterprise uh, off the ground, you know, so I can help with that when I've worked with individuals to get them there. And I can also take on, you know, teams of people who are launching enterprises or who are already in an existing business and are trying to move past the next level and just want to do it more efficiently than if they were doing it on their own. You know, people who recognize 
the value of having that team like we talked about. You know, I never launched any business without knowing who my outside counsel was, my my accountants, and my business-minded team. You know, I had a good success-oriented partnerships that are in place already before I even get started. So those are the kinds of people that recognize the value of that and are willing to do whatever it takes to be successful. Yeah, sounds amazing. And the sky is the limit. Exactly. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about, uh, we are coming to the end of the episode, uh, about book recommendations. What books would you recommend to the listeners? Uh, Business books, maybe mindset, psychology. Yeah, so uh, one of my favorites, and I use it a lot. Um, I'm so thrilled to, the author has endorsed my book, so I I couldn't be more thrilled for that endorsement. But I use Vern Harnish's Scaling Up because it covers so many of these things that I believe in, and he does it very succinctly. It's very well known, and um, that system is used all the way up to the Fortune 100. So it's eminently customizable for the startup up to the Fortune 100 companies to use these systems. So I adopted into my work and I love the book and it's very um, learnable, manageable, and you know it just does it all for me. So that's one. Wow. And um, yeah. more recently, I've discovered a beautiful book that I think is really important for our time. That these days with all of this social media, stimulation, multitasking, um, you know, we're barely present in our days, in the activities we do and the people we're interacting with. And this little book called Take Your Time by um, Esknath Eswaran is um, a guy who came to from India in the 50s, I believe, and started teaching meditation. And he died in the 90s. But that book, Take Your Time, I think was written in the early mid 90s. And imagine what it would be speaking to today. You know, that was 20 years ago. And now, you know, he's talking about slowing down. And all of us need to do that in our lives. And so I love this book for its reminder to me to slow down. You know, I'd have to say, Mm -hmm. I think there was so much of this conversation that I love to talk about. And I I can always talk and talk for hours and days. And, you know, I've got to be mindful myself. You know, the situations and time always calls for slowing down. And we can always benefit from doing that. So that's one of my other faves. Yeah, yeah, actually, um, <clears throat> I, I usually read uh, business books and similar um, mindfulness books or spiritual books. For example, I just ordered a book now. It's called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Wow. So it's just, I love it. uh, it's by Br- Bronnie Ware. I'm not sure if I'm pronounced the name uh, right, but you know, it's, it's about reminding myself that life is short and what's really important, for example, is this book is all about the five regrets of the dying and for example i wish i hadn't worked so hard i wish i had had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected from me so sometimes i read such spiritual books you know which which just uh helps me uh get uh closer to my true self yeah i i really like those as well you know besides business well it can't it can't be all things right it can't be we can't be all doing one thing always yeah, absolutely. So I combine these uh, these things. And um, before I ask my last question, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you online. 
So hopefully we'll have some links down below in this listing the, of the episode. But ChristineParakis.com is my website. And on that, we can get there are links to my book, The Entrepreneur's Essential Roadmap. There'll be a pre-order link for The Resilient Leader, uh, Life-Changing Strategies to Overcome Today's Turmoil and Tomorrow's Uncertainty. And, um, and then my online business advisory system, which is where a lot of the inspiration for my book has come from and this, um, the giveaway, the book that we're giving away today. Uh, also, so you can get a lot of free content on my Business Breakthrough Pro Online Business Advisory Academy, which is also linked on my website. So I urge you to take a look at all three of those, which are all linked up under christineparakis.com. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. The links are going to be in the show notes. And thank you for providing these materials for the listeners. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah. My last question is, uh, you were talking about service. And so what is your mission or who are the people that you want to serve with what you do? Well, it's the people who realize they can't, they don't want to go it alone, right? It was my number one learning from the storm experience And, uh, you know, to recognize that level of vulnerability that we don't know it all, we can't be it all, we shouldn't have to do it all, is to recognize that there are those of us out here who can support at the highest capacity, who've seen that outcome of take you bend to those distant shores that you're trying to get to. And so that is my mission is to navigate people to safely reach their destinations. Beautiful said and thanks for sharing. I wish you good luck with all these aspirations and thank you so much for being on the show. Tibor, thank you so much for having me. I've had such a great time chatting with you and I hope that your listeners have gotten something of value today. I'm sure. Thank you so much. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening and I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation, so please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends.